Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Talk about getting this whole thing started. You talked about uh, you've had a whole lot of things uh, go wrong in your life, a whole lot more painful than yeah. not getting that award early on. That's right. And some of these wounds were self-inflicted. That's right. What was the biggest self-inflicted wound you did oh, man. out of the box? This is a setup, but... <laughs> 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 well, yeah. So I went after I moved my companies to Nevada in 2021. I thought I was the the king dragon slayer, and so you know I was on top of the world. I thought I was Elon Musk here in Reno, and like any idiot, I basically was driving my car like 100 miles an hour down the street because I had a supercar at the time, and someone ran a stop sign. But all the, even though he ran a stop sign and got my rate of speed, I couldn't avoid hitting him, and we were all pretty injured and they were all pretty critically injured. But that ultimately, what that did was it sent me into a pretty big tailspin. So I went from being like king of Chit Mountain and uh, then into a situation where I was facing like six years in prison. And so because of this really? accident, yeah. What does that do for your psyche? I mean, it was hard. So let me just say like, it was uh, because there was a, between that accident and when I had to go to court, which I still didn't actually know, what was going to happen, I was facing six years in prison, right? So like, I mean, and I didn't know like the whole entire year, year and a half, like what was going to happen. It was kind of like, wow, I was basically like, what do you do with your time? For three months after that accident, like I just couldn't even get out of bed, you know, really. I just was like, I was just miserable. I just was miserable about what happened, but obviously also sorry for myself. And there was nothing that I could do to fix it. It happened. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty bad place for me, but you know, I could say, Probably I started building that company that not shortly after that because it just take because I was wanting to help other people and I had no way to do it. Um, one of the things was is I wanted to reach out to the people, the other people that were hurt, but because of what the accident and the fact that you couldn't actually talk to anybody and there was lawyers and legal and all this stuff, I wanted a way to to personally help them, but you couldn't reach out to the other people on the side. So I wanted a way that people like that or anybody that needed help could get the help that they need. And then people like me or donors anywhere else that wanted to contribute, that like felt the need to contribute because you contribute to causes because you're emotionally connected to them. You want to see the outcome in, in a good way. And so I wanted to be able to provide the ability for donors to understand that they actually helped someone, that they actually made an impact. And I think that's what, how wishes were born. So basically my greatest mistake and greatest problem in my life um, ended up being the reason why I created this new enterprise. And so to review, to dig in that a little bit, it was like you had this 18 months and it sounded like you just had to break out of the cycle one way or the other to get start moving forward one way or the other. Is that right? I was taking so many pills to just like ease my mind. I mean, because imagine like, you know, I have a son, like I had a life and I feel like it was just such a waste of like ability to just throw away the keys like that. And uh, but there's nothing I could do short of like, I don't know. I didn't really need to. Yeah. So it was just. It was hard for me to deal with it. Like I was going through like a really depressed time in my life. I've never even had, I've never been depressed in my life. I thought like, you know, but right. like I couldn't actually get, I didn't want to get out of bed. I was like that. Yeah. 
How did you go to do that transition from coming where you're getting out of bed, you're starting to move forward and these ideas, you know, how did that come? Yeah. At some point you got to get yourself out of the bed. Well, it was embarrassing. I didn't want to show my face anywhere because I was kind of like, I was all over social media. I was all over this. I just wanted to crawl into a hole because everyone saw me. You know, my mugshot was everywhere. And so I was just like, oh my God. And so like, I went to an event in uh, LA and uh, I was really tentative. I didn't want to go, but it was, I was part of this huge mastermind. It was a mastermind that, Everyone puts in $100,000. It's like all big players, right? There's like 100 people there, but it's all big guys. And, they, and I was just like, man, this is like my last one to go to. And my stomach was kind of wrenching because I hadn't really been in public really since that, that accident. And I was just trying to almost play it off like, hey, like nothing happened type of deal. Like bury it. That's like my first thing. Bury it. Don't talk about it. Just act like nothing happened, right? This was like my thing. But I'm inside. I'm like dying, right? Because I know everyone knows and I know everyone's like, thinking about it. And so I'm there and I'm like, and these guys all know me and they're all big deals. And so like, they all see each other, like, we all know what's happening with each other at all times. And so I sit down at this table and uh, kind of almost like didn't want to be noticed really. I went to the table and I saw my, one of my buddies that was like a guy that I knew. And I was like, okay, cool. Like this makes me feel more comfortable. He's my buddy. Like I'm gonna see him. And I sat down at the table and uh, he was like, Hey man, blah, 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 blah. And he acted like nothing happened. I'm like, okay, perfect. Right. So good. And then the other guy was like, Oh man, like, yeah, you got to get it back on the saddle, huh? And I was like, ah, oh, he does know. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And then the big guy, like the guy, Dan Fleshman, he came and said, oh, Chase, like you're here. Like, and I was like, oh, like you're here. <laughs> it was just like, and then I didn't, after that night, that first night, I went back to the hotel and I like didn't even want to go out again. I was just like, man, I just don't want to go out. But I mean, I made the first crack. But, and then I also, the guy that I saw there, right? He actually ended up calling me because I was telling him what I was doing. He told me, he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Okay. And uh, he's like, he, they were arbitraging credit cards at the time. So they were basically taking credit cards. Like, so when you get 5% cash back, they were basically earning the cash back on the cards and being able to arbitrage somehow. And he's like, Hey, Chase, like we need a, we need a long-term way to do this. We want to do this at a high scale, like millions of dollars a month. And we want to all make money. And, and I was like, and I mean, they were doing this like with a group of people, 200 people and like, a high, pretty high level, you know? And so they're making millions of dollars in, in cash back earnings a month through lots of different credit cards and, and travel points and this and that. And so they came to me and I was like, huh. So I started thinking about how do you create arbitrage long-term? And when I started thinking about something, but it was that little bug that put into my head that started this process of my wheels turning. And that's what really kind of got me into the mode of built, like creating this vehicle. Now, this vehicle, at the end of the day, they were like, they wanted to create the thing. And I was like, listen, guys, this is going to be way bigger than whatever, like this little thing that you're talking about. And I'm not going to do it, right? I'm just like, you guys can come along with me on, on this journey that I'm building here with Wishes. This is the vision now. And if you guys want to come along, then I think there's an opportunity for you guys to participate. But, uh, you know, I can't do this whole arbitrage thing anymore. It's not going to work. But it was that conversation, me going there to that event, getting out of the bed. And that's because this is the first time I'm realizing this right now. Because I didn't want to leave the house. I really didn't. I was, and it was me going to that event and seeing that friendly face and him having this idea and even though I didn't pursue that idea with them, it was that seed that was planted that made me think about how creating this vehicle to do what we're doing. And it is just ended up uh, kind of growing into what Wishes is today. But um, it was that moment. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I went through a similar thing. I don't want to take a lot of time talking about it. But after the first year of moving up to North Carolina in 79 or something, there was a company at a contest. Uh -huh. And they were allowing the uh, training managers, even few of them, to qualify nationwide. 
So I made this big sales pitch to this guy, man, it'd be great if you could win, you know, guy underneath me, (laughs) you know, if you bust your ear, what a thing, it'd be a change your life, career, this, that, and the other. I actually had three and one of them qualified. But now the thing was, I'd been up in North Carolina on the expansion chase and I'd been working round the clock. You know what it is when you're starting. And I didn't think about food. You know what I'm saying? So my diet consisted for a whole year of Dunkin' Donuts and Breyers mint, chocolate mint ice cream. And, you know, if I wasn't eating the donuts, I was eating the ice cream and then all out. You know, I had, it was just mine. And so I, I gained 50 pounds in one year. Oh my and God. at the end of the year, it dawned on me, oh God, I don't want to go to this convention. Let everybody see me like a big fat slob. <laughs> <laughs> but then the convention rolled around, but I talked my guy into qualifying. So I was shamed into going to this thing. Oh, no. But the upshot of it was, so I stayed in my room as much as I could during the thing. But because I got out, I got some missing pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. You know, recruiting, training, compounding, you know, where you can really actually multiply management teams and uh, open offices and all of that. I got some missing pieces. And I had recruited my first year, 56 people, my first year there. And this is the end of that first year. He was one of the 56. But in the next three years and three months, we recruited 25,000 people Yeah, because of what I got at that meeting. Yeah. And so uh, the thing is, it helps to be sometimes forced out of your, your hiding, your closet. Yeah. You never know. I mean, God works in mysterious ways, but I mean, you know, I think that Things happen the way they should, even though it's not the way that you want it. You never know why uh, those things happen. And, you know, if had I never gone to that event, I would have never thought about wishes. Had I not thought about wishes, I would have never be, we'd be able to raise money. And had I not been able to raise money, we'd not be able to go to market. I mean, it's like all these things, right? So it's just like, it's just one thing after another. And the world goes around, man, no matter what you do, like the world doesn't stop. What have you learned about building a team? So about when, you know, the thing of a business is a business is not a business unless it'll run without you there. Sure. Otherwise, it's just a you know a cult or a personality. So you've got a big job. Yeah. But if it'll hum along without you there, now you've got something. So what have you learned about getting key team members and setting things up where this thing works? Because I know you know the underlying structure of how to set up the payments and the systems and all of that. What have you learned about setting up the business and the teams on that? What are some of your lessons you've learned there that really paid off for you? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, when I started my first company, that was big. I really didn't. I was always a lone wolf. When I built that $32 million business, I built it by myself and an assistant, you know, it's just me. And I was just carrying the lunch pails, pails of water behind the scenes, you know? So I know how to do that really well. And so it was hard for me to get in my own way most of the times. And when I started building our first company, we had lots of money. We hired lots of people. I thought tons of money, like, yeah, dude, just let's hire everyone right now. You know, it's like had no processes in place. The processes is probably the most important thing. If you want to build an organization where you can leave, you have to have the redundancy. You have to have processes and you have to have some good leaders in place in order to keep the crew going. Because without those three things, uh, it's near impossible to do it. And the processes and the processes and those types of things, those all need to be set up in the big beginning. And that's clearly what I didn't do the first time either, uh, is that I didn't have processes and redundancy, and it cost me dearly uh, down the line. Talk about that, Chase. You can't actually, so think about this, like when you have 20 people on a team, 30 people on a team, 50 people, 100 people, whatever, 
And then you're like, hey guys, I know we've been not doing anything for a long time as far as process goes, but now starting tomorrow, I want you guys to all do it this way, right? If you're like, I don't like doing it that way, bro. No. And then you have, or like even get them to follow up. If you start from the beginning with like a process and you start with one person and you train that person well, like, and you build a program and a way to do things. And then that person trains the next person. And then the next person trains the next. Yeah. And then you have an actual scalable process-driven machine, right? It's basically like the car factory, you know? It's like they put the parts on that their car, it goes through the here, right? You know, but when you have everybody working the same way and doing the deals the same way, instead of their own way, it's like, because what happens typically is like, most of the founders, we have it all in our own head. So we're like, hey, like, yeah, you tell one person and you never check on it again because you're like, hey, listen, I got to do all these other things, you know? This is like what's important. Yeah. But that person's like struggling that you told because you clearly didn't, they didn't understand you. And clearly they basically just nodded to everything you said and then say, like, didn't know what the hell you're doing because you didn't bother to follow up or check on it. So the problem really is, is that the training, uh, number one, you got to train people well and you got to really be a good communicator. Then you also have to build processes with the people, not build a process, then tell the people. It's like if you build the process with the person that you hire, that's actually going to be doing the customer success work, then they're part of that process. They can own that process. If you're basically, you know, and then they can actually tell the next person who's really kind of keen because they're both on the same wavelength, they're doing the same job together. That's really what it takes, I think, to build process and not doing it that way. You can't scale. You absolutely can't scale to anything. Even it doesn't matter what your product is. You, you just can't scale. The data will be shit. No cross-selling will be available. You can't cross-sell products if you don't know how to scale the first product. So it, just, it affects everything in the business. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.